Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's a bit of a theme of resilience around this edition of Ruler Conversations. If there was a prize for perseverance in the women's peloton, it would probably go to the team who this year are called Le Col Wahoo. They raced last season as Drops Le Col and in various other incarnations before that. Ruler's Rachel Jarry was at their training camp the other week. We'll be hearing her interviews with riders and team staff in just a second. And the Irish national road champion Imogen Cotter joins us from Girona, where she's recovering from a horrific crash in training, which has turned her plans for this season on their head. This is Ruler Conversations, supported by Le Col, cycle kit designed and proven in the pro peloton. Rachel, you were at the Le Col Wahoo training camp a little while ago. What was the what was the biggest impression you took away from that and how the team are preparing for the season? Uh, I think the biggest thing I took away was just how like determined they were to go into the season being as well prepared as possible. They had this kind of holistic approach to creating riders who were well-rounded, not only kind of physically, but also in skills on and off the bike. They were doing things like descending classes. Every morning they did core stretching sessions. They practiced. Um, taking bottles to the car like using race radios and also they kind of were giving 100% in every single session taking it so seriously and executing it perfectly Um, and yeah it was just really impressive to see how determined they were and I guess maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised because like you said they've had they have a reputation for overcoming challenges fighting for that spot in the peloton yeah despite that kind of focus on performance it didn't take the fun out of the camp. They were always smiling. They seemed to have really good relationships with one another. And it seemed just like they'd struck a really good balance between that serious training, but also making it enjoyable for the riders. And I think that will be really important when they come to race together. One of the riders you spoke to was Marilyn Van Tegloof, um, who's one of the more experienced. She's relatively young, but she's one of the more experienced members of the team, isn't she? She had a really good season last year. I think she was in the top 15 at Paris-Roubaix, fifth in Le Salmon des Dames, which is like another really hard cobbled race. Um, she's really well suited to those types of races and I think she'll be their protected rider for the classics. Uh, she's more experienced because I guess she's been on UCI teams for like four years, but she's only 24, I think. So she kind of falls into that team captain role because of her results and being quite a confident rider. But she still has quite a lot of uh, years of development left to come, I think, which makes her really exciting. And she was close to winning quite a few times last year. And I think getting that elusive race win will be one of her goals for the season and seeing how well she prepared and how well she was going at the training camp I think that's quite like an achievable goal for her and definitely something she could do. I have been having my best winter yet so that's good it's always a bit 
you'd never know what you're going to get until you did your first race. Everyone's a bit nervous for that, I think, because numbers have been good. But yeah, you never know. Sometimes you have a bad day and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not that good. And sometimes you have a good day and you're like, oh, I'm flying. You just have to see after, because you're really fatigued now. So many training camps and things and you're building the fatigue. And once you rest for a few days, you will feel really good. But before that, it's always a little bit. Was there anything like you were trying to improve on from last season, specifically this winter? Yeah, I wanted to improve on my climbing. So I always noticed that in the races, my climbing wasn't my strong suit. And also, I don't want to be a climber, but I just want to get over the hills a bit easier so that I'm fresher in the final. And also like for races like Newsblad and, and those kind of races like uh, Flandre and yeah, you need to need to be able to climb. Like everyone thinks all the classics flat, but really yeah. there's some proper like yeah, hard really, bugs. Yeah, really, really hard. And I've been trying to improve my sprints because I've been a sprinter like for a long time, but it's never been something I've focused on, always was there. And now I've been focusing more on like explosivity and that's improved a lot. So I'm really happy about that. This year the team has like signed some more climbers like Ida and people. Yeah. So I guess it's, has it been good for you to maybe learn a bit from them and yeah, train with been, them? Yeah, that's been really nice. And also like the level has gone up so much in the whole team. So you feel like sometimes before you had to feel like, oh, I have to do it myself or I have to do more than the others if you feel stronger on the day. But now like everyone can do their part and there's no one that's actually falling behind a bit or doesn't have the level of the other one. So that's really good to see also, like you don't feel as responsible to do some of the hard work. So I think that will be also, yeah, for everyone, really good to see like the climbing level has gone up from the whole team. Also the sprinting level has been super high because we have like a lot of good, yeah, really good sprinters. So. And how do you kind of reflect on last season? Because like, you had some like really good results with like Roubaix and the women's yeah. tour and stuff. So were you happy with how it went? Yeah, I think I'm, I, I can be really happy with the end of the season. Like before I was a bit, yeah, it was good. Like my classics were good. Uh, I was there, but I still felt like I was pulling like, yeah, I wasn't really there for the, for the finals in some of the races that I would have been in normally. So that was a bit disappointing. But then after that, in I did a really big block of training and halfway through the season, I did Dwarfsdorf um, Halflands. And that was the first time I really felt that I could compete with the bigger girls. Like I could, I was the first one up to the couple's climbs uh, with like Florence Mukai, Chantal Black. Really felt like I was there and I was supposed to be there. So that was really for me a point that I was like, oh, okay. So if I train a bit more and work a bit harder, I can actually do this. And how was like Paris Roubaix like specifically for you? Because it was got so much like media coverage. Was it like a big moment for you to be riding that race? Oh yeah, I felt yeah, it was really really important to me. Also because I've been focusing up for illness for two years. I've been reckoning reckoning the race and like checking everything and trying to do uh, everything I could to to be well prepared. And the team did also like we did so much for this race and. Uh, so when I got in there, I actually felt really relaxed. I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. And I know what's going to, and know everyone's really stressed because everyone was. And um, yeah, that actually helped me a lot because it was very like doing a junior race, like being, you you felt like you were one of the better ones and you were able to do this. And I actually said to someone before, I was like, no one is going to drop me on the hobbles because that's something that they cannot drop me on. It's going to be on the parts in between. And that actually went pretty well. So at the end, I just had to, yeah, I got dropped due to a crash. But also after that, I was just empty and it was a bit of physical level. But before that, I was like, yeah, I, f I felt really confident and strong. And I think that's also a big part of racing, that you feel confident and you 
you think that you can do it. Seems like the team has like such a good bond, like a really fun atmosphere. Yeah. Would you say that like everyone's getting on really well? Yeah, especially for like we work with a system that uh, we have some captains that also look out for the girls and are, yeah, we, we're a group that we can talk to each other. If Even if you are in trouble or anything and you feel you're, like you cannot say to the DS or to the staff, you can go to one of the other girls and try to find a solution because that also like builds a lot of trust. That's a nice way to also like build confidence and trust in each other. And um, if you feel like you can talk to everyone, yeah, you can see it already here. Like when we're eating together, it's always different groups together and it's never the same people always sticking to each other. And I think that's a really good sign. Would you definitely say like you're much more of a classics type rider? Like you're not, I guess, the Tour de France if the team does it. Is that not as much of a target for you um, or? Especially this year with the Tour de France, I think the, the course will suit me a bit better than maybe years to come. This year it's more like flatter classics and the last two days are really climbing. So for the days before, I think that, that I could be a big use to the team like a captain, especially on the Champs-Élysées and the gravel, uh, the gravel day. <laughs> and that was Marilyn van Galoof. And one of the other things you did, Rachel, was sit in the team car with the uh, two DSs of the team, uh, Nico Marsh and Julia Soik. Um, what were they doing whilst you were with them? Um, that day they were doing like a five-hour race simulation um, effort. So they were split into two teams of six and they did like four mini races throughout the day, two of which were on mountains, two of which were like on flat roads. Uh, they'd been briefed the night before and told they each team had to decide their own tactics for the race, have a team leader, decide how they were going to win and just help them think tactically ahead of the start of the season. And Nico and Julia were taking notes in the team car. They were going to give feedback later on that day. The riders... It just gave them a chance, I think, to go through the motions exactly how they will on race day, which is really important before the classics. And even though they were training races, like I said before, the riders were giving 100%. Like I was kind of sitting there trying not to start cheering them on or something as if it was a real race. Yeah, it made me excited to see what they're going to do when the racing starts, if they're kind of that driven just in a training session. Well, let's hear now some of that action in the car. I should say this was recorded in the team car. So there's a bit of background noise, including some of the radio conversations with the riders. These days also, you have to be super complete as a rider. Though it's not only, of course, the physical part is super important, but I think it's also more than the physical part. And um, just also being a pro athlete, so do your mobility session, your core sessions in the morning, uh, as a warm-up before you ride, uh, really get it in your routine. Um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, the way of working in general. Do you think like sometimes like people forget to do like skills and stuff that you can kind of like you know neglect those skills but actually they are like really crucial yeah I, I think you spend a lot of time on the bike and you also have a lot of hours uh, where you're just riding and I think it's just really useful to focus on like the skills uh, yeah, on the bike so it's not only about the physical part because racing uh, yeah you need to be physically in shape but racing is also something else eh? it's also like uh, reading the pedal at all like um, it's also tactical so you have to be a complete yeah, rider. And with like um, the session that they were doing today, like the race simulation, I know you said that's, you know, not really about necessarily who wins or, but it's more like giving them a practice before race day. Yeah, we, put, we want to try to be closer as possible of the race. So that to put the riders in the actions that or situations that they can also have in a race. So it means that yeah, they need to think, uh, 
yeah, what to do on this type of situations, who is my competitor, how I can win it. Uh, also, yeah, use my teammates, uh, use the team, it's why we do exercise and situation between like uh, yeah, teams, groups. So yeah, the goal is really to try to, of course, be close to the intensity, but also to put them close at the race. So I guess we are quite happy with the day so far. You can see that there was all 100%. You can feel like, yeah, they are not number, but you can feel they, they think they have a number in the back today. They all give 100%. Can we do one more piece up again on the top? Yes, you can. Congratulations. Start. I saw that you win a race today. Yes. How you feel? Good. Good? Yeah, you feel better than yesterday? Yeah. Nice. And like, it seems like one of the key things is like how they're communicating with like you and each other. Yeah. And if you already start doing it now in the right way, then it becomes natural. It becomes, yeah, your system. The two director sport teams of Lecole Wahoo, Nico Marsh and Julia Soik. Um, we're going to hear from one more Lecole Wahoo rider and from the Irish champion Imogen Cotter after a short break. This is Ruler Conversations, supported by Lecole. Cycle kit designed and proven in the pro peloton. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinawi, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. I'm Ian Parkinson and I'm here with Ruler's Rachel Jarry. Um, we heard earlier from one of the more experienced members of the team, um, but you also spoke to one of their newest and youngest riders, Flora Perkins, and we should both declare an interest here because we both know her, because she's one of the young talents who've come through the sessions at Hearn Hill Velodrome in South London and the club, which is based there, VC Londra. But Flora is different from uh, some of the other riders from that background, isn't she? Because she didn't actually come up through the British Cycling Academy. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about her? Yeah, Flora, she's like a really promising young rider. Last year, she had an amazing season as a junior. She won the Nations Cup and also was selected to ride at the World Championships. And speaking to Nico at the team camp, it was her ride at the World Championships that attracted the attention of Nicole Wahoo. Um, he told me he was so impressed by how she'd ridden and even though she was riding in support of Zoe Backstead who went on to win the race Flora was covering all the attacks and he said he she rode with um, maturity beyond her years and that was what really kind of got the attention of the team and yeah like you said she wasn't on the British Cycling Academy and she wasn't selected when she came out of the under 16 category so because of this she had to really like earn selection for the Nations Cups and World Championships and she did so by getting really strong results domestically in the UK you know, she really had to fight for that for that uh, place. And I think that resilience and determination that she showed rather than being defeated when she wasn't selected by British Cycling initially just shows what a strong character she is. And I think it will take her a long way in the sport to we can be sure that she won't be intimidated by that step up to the elites and to that sort of high level racing. I hand won 
stuff nationally and like so it wasn't like a natural progression into like the UCI stuff um, but I reckon the kind of the long slightly longer races that you have than you have in the UK played to my advantage so it was, it was a bit punchy so again like I'd say that was one of my strengths so so I think although I may not have like always outperformed everyone nationally just this kind of race suited me and I think we were luckier in the sense that Zoe was a teammate and like I could always be like well I don't need to pull massive turns because we have the leader behind and I've just never been in a team, team setting in a race before and it was, it was really fun actually to, to race like that. So what was like the world's like that experience because you were a bit I guess you would have had were you mixed in with the kind of elites at all did you get to yeah. spend time with like Lizzie Diagnan and people like that? Yeah a little bit not massive so I think we were there for a bit longer than them. They kind of flew in and raced throughout. But we did get a bit of a sense of it, what it was like. Yeah, met Mark Cavendish and came to the table like it was just the most normal thing in the world. And I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> uh, but I think the thing is, you uh, for that like slight age above, like people like Pfeiffer. I don't know Pfeiffer that well, um, and I definitely didn't at the time. But like, they're just pretty normal people, and and people like Anna Henson. Um, you, you don't know as well, but they're not so much older and like you could have a long conversation with them if you wanted to. I mean, how did the actual race like pan out for you? Because are you kind of, I know you were like, you kind of were a little bit forced into not chasing the break, which is obviously what you do for your teammate. But do you think like, even though you were obviously happy with the result, you if you, you had the legs to maybe, you could have done more that day had it not been that race situation? Uh, hard to know. So, so we started off, um, with a pretty open plan. Um, I think Millie and Zoe were our best sprinters, so if it came down to sprint, me and Maddie were going to work for those two. We wanted to win as a team. I'd done some attacks earlier on, with, and so Zoe, and we kind of bounced off each other a little bit, um, ups and climbs. Um, and that had been really fun, because you just like, you don't know how you're going to be, or how the legs are going to feel, or how everyone else is going to do, until you're there on the day. I attacked, came back together, and then Zoe just went straight over the top and Kai Schmidt was on a wheel. And then I was like, okay, well, they're gone. Looked around, no one was chasing. I think it's like, well, my job now is to just make sure it stays that way. Mm -hmm. um, if they come back, they come back, but I'll do my best to kind of make sure I'm on each attack. And I just knew that I'd be choosing myself if I did the job. It is like a really big step up for you from doing like junior races to elite. Do you think that is going to be a really big jump? I mean, does it does it scare you at all, or are you just excited for well, it? Going phases like of feeling excited, feeling nervous. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely fine. Like I'll be okay. I'll be looked after, and then something like oh, I'm going to be out the back. Like again, you don't know. You really don't know. And it would, I'm guessing it would change race from race. Um, but I think I trust Nico, I trust Julia, that they know where I am now. They've seen me on a couple of camps now, they look at my training. If there was something really 
concerning um, should they flag it out. So that's Flora Perkins of Lakol Wahoo. Um, last year on this podcast, we spoke to the newly crowned Irish champion Imogen Cotter, and she was also a fascinating guest at Ruler Live, where she talked about her route through online racing to a real-life pro contract. If you're one of the 97,000 or so people who follow her on Instagram, you'll know that Imogen's plans for this season were thrown into chaos when she was hit by a van while out training near her new home in Girona. And despite some horrific injuries, she's remained optimistic. I'm doing very well considering, you know, the the accident that I had, um, which was about three and a half weeks ago now. Um, I feel like I've remained pretty positive throughout it all, um, which has been that's always been my way of looking at everything. I've always been like a very positive person and I try and see the positive in every situation. I feel like my whole life has been training for this moment because now I've been like, okay, you're being put to the test. How positive can you be when everything has gone to SHIT? <laughs> um, and I've really had to, yeah, I've really had to be positive. Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very lucky. Um, I suppose the accident that I had was, you know, it really could have been life or death. Um, It was a speeding van on the wrong side of the road coming directly at me. I literally came out of it with three broken bones. I mean, no, no injuries that will change the course of my life. I won't be paralyzed. I'm here three weeks later. I'm able to meet my friends for a coffee this morning go to the physio, you know, every day my range of motion is increasing and I just feel incredibly lucky actually. It's uh, been a very eye-opening few weeks and, you know, I- I've had people asking me all about like, when will you be back on the bike and how it's such a shame, you know, and obviously it's a shame, it's my first year as a pro and and this happens in January of my first year as a pro, but, you know, these, yeah, it- it's for me, obviously I'm, I'm missing the bike and I'm really looking forward to getting back onto the bike but I feel that I've been given a lot of um perspective on on yeah what is really important to me and um yeah it's just been very don't sweat the small stuff I've always sweated the small stuff so now I'm like let it all happen I I just I'm alive I'm going to recover it's like a great Great feeling, I can't tell you. Uh, you said three broken bones, but actually the, the injuries were quite are, are quite bad, aren't they? Wh- which bones did you break? I've seen pictures of the van. I really don't know how I did it. The witness who was at the scene has told me that like the van was coming straight towards me and he was coming, like he was behind the van. So the van had been overtaking him, but on the wrong side of the road and then went to go up a slip road. But the slip road was, he, he didn't go back to his own side of the road after he overtook basically. And uh, the, the witness who was there told me that, first of all, he heard, like, saw the van hit me and he saw me go up in the air. And then I hit off the van and I smashed the whole windscreen. Um, and then I came down off the van and onto the right hand side of the road, which is incredibly lucky because the van kept driving. And if I had fallen on the left hand side of the road, it could have run me over. You know, I, I'm really trying not to go into all of the what ifs because I wouldn't sleep at night if I did but it's um 
yeah, so the injuries that I had, anyway, um, when I went into surgery that night, I had surgery on my knee. So my patella was fractured. Um, it was broken like horizontally. Apparently at the scene, my knee was open like a flower. That's the what I've been told about my knee. I've been told by like the, the police who were there, the, the ambulance, the fire brigade, that they all thought I was going to lose my leg. So it was quite bad at the scene. I was very lucky in that when I actually got down to the hospital, they were able to like take out the few fractures, um, the few shards of patella that were left out from the top half. And there was one big chunk left from the top that they just screwed back in together with the um, patella, the bottom half of the patella. Um, so that was the emergency surgery on the first night. And then about two weeks later, uh, they called me back in again and they said that I would need um, surgery on my wrist. So they had just put my wrist into a cast, but I suppose because it wasn't urgent, they hadn't operated on it, but they had to operate on my wrist. Uh, and I've had two metal plates put in on my radius and on my ulna, which was very, very painful. <laughs> that was, you know, my knee, I really have been incredibly lucky. I haven't actually had pain from my knee at all except for when I'm pushing it to the edge of its range of motion um but my my wrist was agony you know I could not even when my mom flew over my mom and dad flew over from Ireland um the day after the accident my mom stayed for a few weeks and when she came to pick me up from the hospital that day I couldn't even put a sentence together to I was just in agony I can't tell you um but everything is I'm in the healing stage now. All the cutting me open, sticking needles in me, all that horrible stuff is all done. So I'm just, I'm happy I'm in this stage of it now. Um, I'm past like the most traumatic stage of it and just healing. Shortly after the accident, a, a friend of yours started a GoFundMe uh, campaign. Uh, last time I looked at it, it was around 25,000 euros that had been raised. Um, how did you feel when you when you heard about that? Yeah, Um Sorry, I'm not crying now. I'm absolutely fine. I think I was really emotional when I saw it had been set up because I've just had so many lovely messages from people and people have been so generous and kind. And I feel like I've been very lucky in that with my social media, people have really been on a journey with me. Um, and they've seen it from like, when I started cycling back in like 2017 and I was, <laughs> awful and I was wearing my helmet like a bonnet <laughs> like if you scroll back to my feed you'll see these awful pictures of when I first started um and I feel like people really um have been on this journey with me and people have been really happy for me you know getting to this stage like winning the national champs getting this contract and um, I feel like everybody really came out for me and it was just like it's been like really beautiful and really touching and everybody's just been so kind um so yeah it's it was incredible I can't tell you like the emotions that brought up for me when when I when I saw that when I was in the hospital because it was like I think it was like the day after I had the crash on a Wednesday and I think maybe it was a Thursday or like the Friday morning and you know, I had a really traumatic day on that Friday because the police came in, they wanted to take my statement. Um, you know, I'd had to relive everything that morning. And then all of a sudden, like, 
and I, I had all the added stress of like thinking there was just so many things to think about like I'm in Spain I don't understand anything like I was just I wasn't registered you know with the health system I I just didn't you know if it had happened in Ireland it would have been traumatic but it would have been traumatic in a different way it just felt like completely mental um and so yeah when Alina showed me on the Friday morning I was just blown away and still like to this day I'm still getting the nicest messages the the best support it's been really incredible and you know people often talk about like the bad sides of social media but I really felt nothing but love I tell you it's incredible one of the other things I saw again on social media was that the other day you tried on um, your national champions jersey or your national champions kit um, how did that feel you know, it was something that I had really resisted doing. I got the box um, and I just let it sit in my apartment for like the last two weeks. Uh, and I just like was almost afraid to open it. Like thinking, you know, what uh, what emotions will this bring up? Um, will I feel, you know, awful? Will I be filled with like this regret or anger, which is something I'm really reluctant to engage with I really don't want to get into like a negative space or like an angry state of mind but um I tried it on and it was like the opposite because it's been like three weeks since I put on cycling kit which is just not normal for me it's been three weeks since I've looked at myself and thought yeah I am a cyclist and I put that on and I just felt like yeah okay get me on a bike I have a, a turbo coming to the house tomorrow I've been given like the all clear my physio says like you can just get on the bike, do some single leg stuff, work up your strength on your left leg. You know, you don't have to just sit around doing nothing. So it's just like a nice boost. It was really not what I thought it would be in a good way. And do you have any idea when we'll see you back on the bike again? I don't know about outside. Um, my physio said to me today that in two weeks I'll be climbing stairs like a normal person will. And, you know, I... I I don't know how long it will be until I get full, full range of motion back. My my doctor at the hospital says um, that I could have it back by the end of next month. I just listen to my physio. I take it day by day. I do my exercises every day. And, you know, I can't, I, I don't want to, like, put myself under this crazy kind of time limit for it. But um, I'm hoping it won't be, won't be that long. I don't know about racing, but on the road, I'm... I don't think it will be that long. Well, Imogen, it's great to talk to you again. Great to have you on the podcast again. Wish it was in better circumstances, but will, uh, yeah, the next race you win, will you come back on again then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I go back and defend my national chaps jersey. <laughs> and that's Imogen Cotter. Thanks to Lacole for their support for this podcast and Rachel Jarry. And that's it from this Ruler Conversations. There'll be a tech podcast along next week. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.